Welcome to Thousand Generations Podcast, hosted by Dan and Chad Bohai, a father and son duo committed to pursuing God's dream and desire of faithfulness to Jesus and living to see the gospel of his kingdom pass from one generation to the next, to a thousand generations. Thank you for joining us on our journey as we hope to encourage you on yours. How's it going, friends? Uh, Chad and Dan here with Thousand Generations Podcast. We are, I'm in Texas, Dad. Where are you? It looks like you're in a familiar place. I'm in my home, in my office. It's so good. I'm down here in uh, literally the heart of Texas, in a place called Brady, Texas, doing some men's events called Forming Men, having a great time. And Dad called me this morning when I was doing devotions, and he said, son, we're all out of episodes. We have nothing new to post this Wednesday. And and so I'm borrowing some computer in this little house I'm staying in, these beautiful people here in Brady. And um, and so we believe that season six is going to be super important, a big blessing to those who've been journeying with us for these conversations. And Dad just had the, I think, the perfect title to season six, and he's. We're, we're just going to call season six "Kingdom Realities," and of course, this really works great because I was in Mark chapter one. So I'll begin this season six, episode one, on kingdom realities, and I was just the words just jumped out of the page for me. So Mark chapter one, starting with verse fifteen through eighteen, I'll read this, and then we'll just go back and forth. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. As Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. And at once they left their nets and they followed him. And dad, just to kick off this conversation, what I told you this morning when I was just sharing the gleanings of the word, I was struck by this idea of the timing, the kingdom being present. You can't see my hands. There they are. Repent and believe in the good news and how dad, many of our gospel presentations we've heard growing up had much more to do with praying a prayer that secured your eternal destination, but very little to do with how a believer, a disciple of Jesus is meant to operate in the world, to be a citizen and a son or daughter of the kingdom. And so I got a lot of thoughts, but I've already talked for two and a half minutes. I want to hear some of your thoughts about the time has come, the kingdom of God has come near, repent and believe this good news. So go, just what what are some initial thoughts and we'll volley back and forth. Well, the kingdom of God is first realized, experienced, and accepted only by faith because it's a kingdom that temporarily originates and has its power source in the spirit realm or the unseen realm. Mm. And so for a lot of people, you know, it was easy to believe in, okay, I'm going to say a prayer so that my sins are forgiven so that someday I can get off this seen world and get into the heavenly realm that I'll be with Jesus forever. But mm. we could never, it's harder, it's harder to believe that the unseen realm of the kingdom, which is in the spirit, 
maybe Romans 14 would, when it says the kingdom of God is uh, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> and 1 Corinthians 2 says that the things of the spirit are spiritually discerned. And so mm. the carnal mind can't discern the things of the spirit because we have been raised and taught and tutored that the things that you can verify with what you can touch, what you can see mm -hmm. with your natural eye, you know, whatever you can discern with your five senses, that's the real world. And the unseen world is a lesser world. And in, in all honesty, the unseen realm, according to Paul in Second Corinthians 4, is the eternal, the eternal realm. Right. And the unseen things that we believe by faith are the proof of the kingdom, not... I wonder if it's really real. And so I think one of the hardest things for people to grasp kingdom realities, not natural realities, everybody grasps them. That's what we've been tutored in. Mm. But <clears throat> it's not trying to get out of here. That's, that's not the goal of the kingdom reality or the goal of the kingdom. It's actually getting someone like me or you or anybody listening or watching that actually believes that, the God of creation that's transcendent out of time actually wants us by faith to allow him to move into us so that what's in that unseen realm of unlimited possibilities can start flowing out of us to change this world that we've been brought in to and been tutored in. And so there's a lot of yeah. thoughts. I mean, well, I don't let me, think... let me, let me, wait, just hold on. Cause so, the kingdom, God's, to our natural eye, invisible realm that has very real realities, is here in the person of Jesus. So this is super significant. Jesus is making that what to the natural eye, the <clears throat> the unseen reality of God's reign and rule physically manifests. I, I, so I know you believe that, but it wasn't just now said. There is a king with skin and bone on, who's the incarnate word made flesh, who calls real people with skin and bone, fishermen, to follow and to become his tutor, to become his students about how to become conduits of God's eternal unseen realm currently to our natural eyes, manifest and materialize in this world. Uh, Origen or Origen, the, the early church father, used to call Jesus the autobasilia, which is the kingdom in person, the kingdom of God in person. And so when we talk about the good news, we're saying that in this passage in Mark 1, and then now throughout church history, 2,000 plus years through Jesus's body, God's eternal realm and rule is breaking in and becoming manifest through his people. And in this passage, it's through Jesus. And so when Jesus says, repent, repent and believe the good news, again, he's not saying just so that you believe the right thing so that someday you get to go somewhere. But it's that as you follow me, you're going to see my rule and reign materialize in real time and be manifest on the earth as it is in heaven. Would you agree with that or push back or add some thoughts? No, I think it's 100% accurate. It's just, it's spiritually discerned and experienced mm -hmm. in, in, a, in a non fleshly carnal way of verifying it first. Mm -hmm. And so it has to start in the realm of spirit and faith. 
And then when we partner with Jesus and the spirit and his faith and our faith, that's when it starts affecting the natural realm. Mm. But what so many Christians have bought into is the fact that they want to see it in the natural realm before they believe it's in the spirit and that it's yes. real. Right. And so we've got to totally flip the script. So obviously when Jesus, people, when Jesus says mm-hmm. the kingdom is here, it's come near, the immediate onlookers aren't going, they're, they're going, where? So again, I totally agree. It's a reality that after Jesus was baptized, and you just said that you just did Romans fourteen seventeen. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And that when that Spirit comes on Jesus in His baptism, and the Father says, "I love you. You're my son." And then Jesus begins. To, you know, He's tested in the wilderness, and then He begins announcing the good news that the kingdom is breaking in. Very clearly, Dad, to your point, that that was a spiritual reality of the spirit coming on the son and then the spirit sending him into the wilderness. And then in the power of the spirit, he goes and begins his ministry. So totally agree. It's something that starts in the Holy spirit. Jesus is experiencing it. He's walking in it. And then his whole ministry is the expression of God's domain, God's rule and reality breaking into this present world. This is so powerful. Well, what I love about it is this. Right after he announces it, what does he do? Hey, guys, come follow me in this same ministry. So he wants to include his, his disciples, his people, in these kingdom realities that you're describing that start in the spirit, that start with God and his reality, that, that then we, we perceive and enter into by repentance, changing our mind, right, and then believing that the king is here and his kingdom is breaking in to the earth. So I, I, I just really, I really love that, Dad. Any other thoughts before we move on in the passage? No, move on a little bit. Yeah, so, so, so again, the, tri- the, the thought that began this season, what I told my dad in, in my devotional time is, why would Jesus describe this as good news? I'm going to say it again. The kingdom of God has come near repent and believe the good news. What is the good news about the nearness of the kingdom? Why is that good news? Here's the next passage, and this is what started this whole conversation with my my dad and I. The reign and rule of God are here. It's present and available to enter and experience God's reality in heaven as it is on earth. And then this next passage, uh, Jesus encounters a demonized guy. So this is what started this whole talk. Listen to what this passage says. I'm just pulling it up because I want to start a few verses before. So Jesus rolls up to a synagogue in verse 21 and he begins to teach. The people are amazed at his teaching because he had authority, not as the teachers of the law. Verse 23, just then a man in their synagogue who was possessed by an impure spirit cried out, verse 24, What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. So, Daddy, why I called you when you called me this morning, I said, the good news is that it's time. The kingdom is here. It's at hand. Repent and believe. And then his first showdown is with an impure spirit who's very aware very aware of Jesus's agenda 
and bringing his a kingdom and there's a collision. So dad, unpack some of the dynamics, kingdom realities that are happening and why this is good news. Well, before Christ came and became a vessel worthy of carrying the kingdom, because no one else had ever fulfilled the requirements of the law and the prophets Mm. to become the perfect sacrifice, to, to cut a covenant with the father so he could actually carry the kingdom of heaven on earth like it is in heaven in real time. Nobody else had ever done that. Mm. And so demons from the time of Adam and Eve have been running roughshod over this planet, mm. having their way, pulling the strings on people. I mean, everybody has been a slave to Satan, whether they know it or not. That's right. And so, when, so when Jesus came, now he's carrying a greater kingdom mm. than the seen kingdom and the demons know it, and the people couldn't get it. You know, what's interesting is the disciples walked, you know, and followed Jesus for three and a half years, and they did do some miracles. They did use some authority. They did cast out some demons, mm-hmm. but it was on his authority. They never got it mm-hmm. and realized it was theirs for the using until after the Holy Spirit was poured out on them. That's what's mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah. They did it under his authority. And it worked fine in most cases. A couple it didn't, mm-hmm. and he got a little angry at him because he didn't use his authority. Right. But after the Spirit himself came on them, then you get the story of you know, like Acts 3 where Peter looks at that cripple and he goes, what I have. Yes. Now he realizes he has the same thing Jesus had. Mm-hmm. The kingdom of God is the in indwelling, him. the indwelling Holy yeah. Spirit. Yes. And so he can release and heal a person that's been crippled 38 years because he realizes now he has the exact same kingdom of God inside of him that was inside of Jesus, mm-hmm. but you'll never realize it until you, you know, consecrate and surrender and submit everything to God. Yeah. So let's he can let's, baptize you and have all of you. So, so that should have been episode five, but we're going to say repeat ourselves a bunch this season. So I, I, I want to just backtrack a little bit about this kingdom, the clash of the kingdoms of this episode. If this is kingdom realities, then we need to establish some really first things, first principles. So when the kingdom of God actually comes, there is always a collision with the kingdoms that are in place and that hold sway over people, places, and things. So when Jesus rose up, the Kairos moment, the kingdom is here. The king is at the autobasilia, the kingdom in person. The man, the, the last Adam who's endued with the power of the Holy Spirit, that when he goes... And he's teaching, there is a collision with the kingdom of darkness. The kingdom of darkness, the demonic realm, knew the Holy One of Israel. What do you want with us? Are you going to destroy us? So that that could be a whole conversation as far as the superiority of the kingdom of light, the kingdom of God, the kingdom that's advancing in and through Jesus and then in and through his spirit-filled disciples. That's a whole talk. But here's what I want to draw out. Way back in Genesis, Dad, we, we've t- I'm sure we've hit on this over five seasons, but to summarize, Jesus, the, fa- the, the triune God, gave humans authority to be fruitful, multiply, to subdue, and to rule over God's creation in partnership with both intimacy, communion, and then dominion, to share in his rule. And what we see in the garden is that when the serpent slithered into the garden— Adam had authority as an image bearer to crush the serpent. He could have shut the thing down because God gave humans authority 
to subdue, which means there's th- there were things in the creation that needed to bow, to come under the authority that was placed on God's image bearers, his hum- humans. So what Adam failed to do, it's no mistaking when the kingdom of God is breaking into the earth through the person of Jesus and the ministry of his kingdom, there is a collision. And now when an impure spirit, which is the result of the fall, the demonic realm having sway over God's image bearers and his creation, there's a collision and they know God's here to destroy their, their, their effects, their power, and their, their grasp on those that bear God's image, which is us. So, Dad, just unpack why that is. Why is that such good news? Because, again, the thought that started this whole season was, why is it good news that the king is here and his kingdom is breaking in? Well, step one is because we're bound. And, Brooke, you just said it, everyone's a slave to sin. Every, we're under the influence of, of the principalities and powers, and we need to be set free and liberated by the king. So just, just kind of volley back and forth on that, Dad. Any insights? Well, I want to come at it from just a little slight angle. I know we've already gone about. No, we're good. No, no, we're good. Go. Time is great. Here's what I think. I think Jesus's ministry was in the inter between the old and the new covenant. And he was showing the power of intimacy with the father, the Mm -hmm. power of using authority, the power of belief and faith. He was showing a lot of things. But when he finally gave his life on the cross and then his spirit went to hell, he actually stripped the demonic powers of all the power they'd had to Mm. where they're reduced reduced to one thing now where you and I live. And they have the power of deception. Mm. And so this this kingdom reality thing, there's a lot to talk about. Jesus was showing us that the kingdom of God is a far superior kingdom than the kingdom of Satan because he could cast demons out with the word and he gave disciples the authority to do the same thing. Mm -hmm. But in the covenant we live in, they've already been stripped of all power except the power to deceive with mind games, which Mm -hmm. is why our thought life is the most important thing we have to learn to walk in total dominion over if we could walk in dominion in our thought life Mm. then our spirit could release the kingdom with no limitations Mm. and we could have the same results as jesus so there's a lot there's a lot in this you know thought there's a lot in this it's good news because what we're going to experience eternally we can start experiencing now amen without without earning it without deserving it without paying anything, it's a free gift. So it's too good to be true good news, yeah. actually. Well, and look, look look how Jesus says, enter, experience the kairos, the inbreaking of the kingdom. Repent and believe. Change your mind. Stop whatever path you're on. Turn, follow me, and believe, believe that everywhere I am present, because the Father sees in all caps, yes, because obedience is the intersection of the, the heavenly realm breaking into the earthly realm. Someone has to obey. It's our offering. It's a living sacrifice of embodied sacrificial obedience, no matter the cost or consequence. Every time a believer obeys, that is an open heaven reality that God's will, purposes, and agenda can be made manifest and materialize on the earth. And so just one last thought, because we're still doing great on time. Uh, I'm just going to end 
maybe we'll just go through Mark. I mean, we can jump around the Gospels, but we haven't planned out the whole season, obviously. But I just want to end end with this. So then he drives. He he he, he makes a fever leave Peter's mother in law, Simon's mother in law. But then I love this verse, Daddy, in verse thirty two of Mark one. That evening after sunset, the people brought to Jesus all of the sick and demon possessed. The whole town gathered at the door and Jesus healed many various diseases. And he also drove out many demons, but he would not let the demons speak because they knew who he was. And dad, as we end this episode in the next three or four minutes, I was telling you how, how heinous and brilliant the devil is not smarter than Jesus or the father spirit for our cultural moment of secularism, naturalism, that all that's real is the material, quantifiable, measurable world. And yet we live in a secular imminent frame where there's no, no God. He doesn't inter- intersect. He doesn't intervene. And how deceived our generation is and, 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 and good at mi- misdiagnosing s- symptoms and problems where in Jesus's time, there was no cloudiness around the issue of what is causing the ailments, the, the, the possession, the sickness, the disease, and, and how, how much, and I know we're not the only voices, there are many voices, of just trumpeting the biblical worldview that there is more real to what is unseen than what we even see with our natural eye. And you just want to give the last word of just how significant it is that He's healing the sick and he's driving out demons and whole towns are coming to him because they're bound. Right. His original plan was be fruitful, multiply, cover the earth with the image of my glory through your offspring and you'll never die. And -hmm. because they gave into the seducing, undermining, you know, tactics of did God really mean that? Did God Mm -hmm. really say they partnered with Satan. They empowered Satan. They actually gave him the ability to start a kingdom that was the prince and power of this world now for the 6,000 years. <clears throat> and Jesus shows up and shows us, no, my kingdom's still intact. My original purpose is still my eternal purpose. I want you to be in partnership with me to rule and reign over this earth. And then rule and reign with me in eternity in the new heaven and the new earth. Yes. And so I actually, I just actually believe that his plans and purposes haven't changed no matter how much humans have messed it up. And he hates what the devil has done with his perfect creation. Jesus hates depression, Mm. anxiety, sickness, disease, discouragement, sin. Mm. Jesus hates that. And he came and paid a price Mm. so that all of us could walk in our original authority and dominion Mm. over Satan and all of his tactics Mm. so that we could be like Jesus. So I'm thankful it is good news. I'm thankful it works. And I'm thankful that by faith we can be a part of the body of Christ on the earth today. Amen. So, Lord, we just pray in the name of Jesus that many watching or listening would find the invitation of Jesus to enter the kingdom through repentance and belief and following Jesus in real time. I pray that the good news would just 
sweep us up into the most epic storyline of learning to follow Jesus and to participate in his kingdom. These kingdom realities where what is bound and broken by sin, by Satan, by the demonic realm, by the brokenness of humanity, that Lord, you would empower your people to be instruments of righteousness and ambassadors of the king and his kingdom. God, raise the bar of our hope, of our expectation, and then even pour out a spirit of eagerness and desire that we can't even believe that you would allow us and empower us to be about the Father's business, just like Jesus. We pray this in his mighty name. Amen. Amen. God bless you, buddy.